eeny, meeny, miny, mo. Or let's make a list of all of our pros and then we'll make a list of our cons and then we'll make a decision. We make decisions all the time. People make decisions for various reasons. But today we're talking about how to make decisions not based upon chance, not based upon what other people think. We're making decisions as Christians and we want to hear what it means to make the best decision even if we can't find it explicitly written in the scripture. Join me today for this episode where we're talking about how to make decisions. To the grown woman, pray. To the woman looking for answers, pray. To the woman who's busy and just needs a change, pray. Pray, woman. Stop comparing yourself. Pray. Stop grumbling. Pray. Stop giving excuses. Stop counting yourself out. Pray. Stop discounting God. It's time to pray. Welcome to the Woman Pray Podcast. Welcome back to the Woman Pray Podcast. I'm so glad that you're with me today. I do believe God has a word in mind for us as we consider how we're making decisions as Christians. But before we get started, there are a couple of things I just want us to take note of. Number one, if these podcasts are making a difference in your life in a way that's truly blessing you, will you like it, share it, subscribe, ring the bell, all of that? Because when you do, we're actually sharing with others who could truly benefit from the messaging that you're hearing today. I also want to encourage and remind you again to join me in Baltimore, Maryland, August 26th and the 27th. We're going to come together for what's called Woman Pray Intensives. In other words, we are going to take the time to seek God in ways that we may not typically be accustomed to, particularly in large group settings. And yet it's going to bless your life in ways that I am very sure you will tell others about. So mark your calendar now, register, and meet me in Baltimore because I know God is going to meet us all there. And I don't want you to miss. So invest in yourself. With that in mind, we're going to start now with how to make decisions. Now, when we're children, we hear about small games, things that we probably aren't considering as how we're learning to make decisions. Games like eeny, meeny, miny, mo. which one will you pick? And then we grow and we mature. Sometimes the maturity is just as simple as I'll make a list of pros and I'll make a list of cons and then I'll decide based upon the two. If there are more in the pro list, that means take that decision versus another. And those, those ways, I mean, they could work, but I don't think that life is supposed to be met with chance. Like we're not supposed to live as Christians by luck or chance or any meeny, miny, mo. No, we're supposed to live intentionally. And so if we're to live intentionally, God gives to us his word. He gives to us relationship with him so that we don't have to make a decision by chance, but we can make a decision that a decision that's very intentional. And so I want you to consider who you are when considering decisions for your life. 
And the first decision that you made that is probably the best decision that you will ever make is your decision for Jesus Christ. When you made that decision, you considered your spiritual well-being, and that was for eternal life. It was a super wise decision. And from that decision, you are now in relationship with the living God. And the God that you serve is the one who gives wisdom and out of his mouth comes knowledge and understanding. He's the one who knows the end from the very beginning. And he says that I lead you in the way that you should go. And so if he is the one who's with us, he's also given to us a framework as Christians so that we can make the kinds of decisions where there are no regrets, where we don't have to live with condemnation and we certainly don't have to live in fear. And so the framework of all of our decisions can be found in Deuteronomy, where God says, I have set before you blessing and cursing. I've set before you life and death. And he says, choose life. Choose what's going to make you grow, what's going to make you flourish, what's going to be life-giving. Choose the ways of God. Choose what's going to fear him. And so when you consider making decisions in light of who God is and what is written in scripture, what it means to fear God versus fearing people, there are some decisions that we make and we wonder if they're good or if they're bad because it's not expected explicitly written in the scriptures. And yet, I believe that we serve the kind of God that when we can make decisions by choosing life and we're not very sure, he is God enough to keep us on the path that leads to righteousness, on the path of righteousness for his own name's sake, that he is big enough to fix our path if we miss it. And so I never want a person to feel as if I didn't hear from God, and so I've made the worst decision in life. We serve a sovereign God, a God who's able to get us on the right course if we miss it. And so to help us today, I just want to talk about some decisions that we're making so that we don't have to regret our decisions. I mean, we may not know, Lord, it doesn't say in the scripture, should I marry this person or not? Or should I, you know, for leave this job and go for another? And yet God is speaking, he's leading, he's guiding us. And so one of the things I want to be sure that we don't do is that we don't make number one, split six, split second decisions. When we make split second decisions, it's usually motivated by how we feel. And split second decisions really should just be saved for changing lanes on a highway and not for life decisions. And so when you think about split second decisions, you don't quit your job because someone made you angry. And you certainly don't blow your savings because a friend happens to come in town. No, you want to make the kinds of the kinds of decisions that are based upon principles, that are based upon truth. And so when I think about principles, I think about what's upright. I think about integrity. And I make my decisions based upon integrity and uprightness or holiness, meaning I go as far as my integrity will allow. 
That's how I make a decision that's not based on my emotions, but I'm making the decision based upon principles, based upon those things that I think are going to please God. And if I make a split second decision, I'm not going to stay there, but I'm going to, I'm going to try to fix that split second decision by looking to ways that's truly bringing me back to what it means to fear the Lord and not fear man. We also make stressful decisions. Now, when we make stressful decisions, it's based upon the pressures of circumstance or the pressure that someone is putting on us or just the pressures of life. And I think about David when I make a, when I'm thinking about this stressful decision. David is in the scripture as a king. And the scripture tells us, I think in 1 Samuel chapter 30, he's coming back from war with his men and he finds that all of his family and the families of all of those who have been at war, they've all been taken. Well, you can imagine that's stress. The families have been taken. And after the weeping and after the mourning, the men who have been fighting alongside David, they're now talking about stoning David. Well, David could make a split second decision out of fear, or he can make an intentional decision. David does not choose to make a stressful decision or a split second decision, but David makes a decision based upon strategy. He stops in that moment and he calls upon the name of the Lord. He asks God what he should do in that situation and God answered him. I need you to hear me because the God of David is your God as well. And he still talks to his people. I have been in stressful situations where I've had to make decisions. And like David, I didn't make a split second decision. I didn't make a stressful decision. I stopped to hear what did God want me to do? And like David, God spoke to me. He spoke to me by turning me to a specific scripture and he'll do the same for you. In David's case, God gave to David a strategy, a strategy of how to go back and get his family. And the same is true for each one of us. God can give to you a strategy that after he points to you what scripture to read, he can actually tell you in your ear what it is that you should do or should not do that's based upon the wisdom of God. And so when you're hearing from him, the goal is to follow his leading. And many times when you're following his leading, he's leading you to people who have the insight, who have an experience that actually can be a blessing to your life. And so I want to encourage you that when you're thinking about the decisions that you should make, that you are stopping, that you are hearing from God, that you are being led by his spirit to look in the scriptures, that you're being led by his spirit to go to a particular person who would speak to godly counsel. The scripture says uh, in 
Proverbs 11, as well as chapter 15, that there is wisdom in the multitude of counsel. And so we want to go to godly counsel because Psalm 1 says that we don't sit in the seat of the, un or we don't walk in the counsel of the ungodly, right? So we want to go where there's godly counsel. And therein, you'll hear a voice of wisdom. You'll hear from someone who maybe has been where you are and they'll be able to tell you an experience or they'll just hear from God and they'll be able to pray with you and they'll pray for you. And then the two of you all can choose to hear from God and be led by his spirit. And so I want to encourage you today that you're not making split second decisions. You're not making stressful decisions. Neither are you making selfish decisions. When I think about selfish decisions, I'm thinking about Gehazi. The scripture talks about how Gehazi served Elisha. And in serving Elisha, God told Elisha what to do. But Gehazi decided, I want something for myself. And so he became sneaky and made a decision that ended up blowing up in his face. Judas did the same thing. The scripture tells us that in Mark 14, God is talking to a woman and Judas doesn't really like the conversation. And so he tries to get in, get in there and he gives his own spin. Well, Jesus rebukes Judas for his spin on it. And because of offense, Judas uses that occasion to betray Jesus. It was a selfish decision by both Gehazi as well as Judas. And in both situations, it blew up in their faces. Well, I want to encourage you, selfish decisions are not what we make as Christians. We're making decisions that speak to order that speak to loving kindness. And, and we're told, I think it's in James, that when there is selfish ambition and envy, there will be disorder in every evil way. And so never make selfish decisions. Instead, your final decision that you make is called a sound decision. And when you're making sound decisions, it's usually surfacing when there's a decision or a desire to please God and do what's right. So I think of Nehemiah. Nehemiah made a decision to please God because he was thinking about his nation. He wanted to do what was right. I can think of Ruth. Ruth made a decision and it profited not just her life, but it profited Naomi. And in doing so, it was a decision for the sake of another. Or we could think of Esther, who made a decision for the sake of another. And in all of these cases, it brought great profit, not just to those they were making the decision for, but it also profited their life individually. Personally, I remember making a decision that was going to benefit a friend of mine. I was very close to the age that I believe God told me my husband was going to come. And I knew that if my husband came before my friend's husband came, because she was in faith for hers, I knew it would be disappointing to her. I knew it would be kind of hard for her. As much as she may celebrate with me, I wanted to be sensitive to maybe her, her heart. 
And so I remember praying, Father, I'm asking you to bring my friend, her husband, before you bring mine. I know mine is coming, but don't let mine come until hers comes. It was a selfless decision. It wasn't a decision because I thought, oh, I'm going to get brownie points with God. No, it was just because I cared for my friend's heart. And I prayed for her husband to come. And he came just like that. Because God hears us. He hears us. And whenever decisions are made with other people in mind, he always honors us. And so I want to encourage you today that when you're thinking about how to make the best decisions for your life, you don't want to make split second decisions. No, you want to make decisions based upon principle. You want to make decisions based upon integrity. You don't want to make um, selfish decisions, decisions that are just focused on what you want and how you want it. No, you want to make the decisions that are going to be ways that are pleasing to God. And you also don't want to make the decisions that are going to be based upon, sorry, split second, as well as stressful ones. Those who are just like pressure points, because when you make those kinds of decisions, it's always hasty. And whenever hasty decisions are made, they will never be good. So I encourage you don't make those hasty decisions based upon stress and don't make decisions that are selfish. Make decisions that are truly going to please God because you care for people around you. And when you do, you'll never regret it. Let me pray for you. Father, I thank you so much for being with each one of us, being with us in a way that leads us and guides us as a good shepherd, for keeping us on the path of righteousness for your own name's sake, leading us in the way that we should go. And so I pray that as we consider the decisions that we're making today and tomorrow, that we're making the decisions because we're leading, we're being led by you, we're hearing your voice as your daughters, and Lord, we're choosing to please you by yielding our own desires for your will to be done, your kingdom to come on earth as it is in heaven. It's in Jesus's name that we pray and all of the believers said, amen. God bless you. We'll see you again next week, but I'll also see you registered for Baltimore in April. I'm sorry, in August, August 26th and the 27th. We'll see you then.